Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. We played better in the second half. Did a better job in the running game, which allowed us to do a little bit more in the passing game. So... Uh, good team win. Got to get back to uh, work, but uh, I was proud of the way the guys came out and fought. Uh, I thought they, um, you know, they competed well, played with a lot of energy, and uh, I think it showed. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd, Declan Goff producing, and uh, we're going to dive into a little bit later in the show our nerd football segment of the week. But just real quick, you guys, we're sitting here. It's Tuesday, November third. It's just a massive day for this country. And we just hope that everything, when it all comes down and the clock winds down, that everything turns out the way that we would like to see it turn out for the Vikings at the trade deadline. Just want to throw that out there. It's a huge Make your voice heard. If someone's offering a second round pick for a Riley Reef, okay, let's let's just make sure that uh, you're making the smart moves at the trade deadline today. I guarantee you, only the NFL would keep their trade deadline on election day. But it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And here's why. It's their off day. I know. That's and, the funny and by thing. the way, and by the way. Well, tomorrow's an off day, too. No, I guess no, it's just it's today. No, it's not. But in 2020, let's be crystal clear. What's more important, the country or the National Football League? Oh, the National Football no, League. Thank you very much. In oh, fact, oh. you know what? Election day should have been moved. You know, some people are saying country above party, and that might be true. But we're also saying the league above country, above Football. party. Trade deadline day. Partying so. second. <laughs> it's the league partying. Oh, you meant party. Oh, sorry. partying. I got you. So, all right. So we'll get into all kinds of stuff here, Vikings related, but a quick <laughs> shout out to one of our partners. Uh, Federated Insurance helps keep us afloat on this show. Uh, whether you like that or not, you can you can, uh, you can can send your feedback to Federated. But Federated Insurance has been around since 1904, helping business owners in the state of Minnesota. They're also on Twitter, at Federated INS, with trusted resources and uh, and snippets for business owners. So if you're a business owner looking for just more peace of mind, frontline protection, you can find a full list of the industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. And you can also find your local marketing representative and the person that you would be in contact with on a regular basis. Remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. Gentlemen, before we get into our nerd football segment of the week, which has a couple really interesting Dalvin Cook nuggets and a Justin Jefferson statistic that's going to blow your minds, or maybe not, I want to bring a Mike Zimmer appreciation take to the table. All right? Okay. All right. I think we've been sitting here, and, and even going back to 
right before the playoffs started last year. I think much of the conversation and, and Zimmer, you know, Zimmer going into a contract year, would he get an extension? He did. But basically, the entire last 10 to 12 months, the conversation surrounding Mike Zimmer has been whether he should be fired or not, right? It's been, does he deserve to be the Vikings coach? Is he offensive-minded enough in a, in a league that's, that's trending in that direction? Is he the guy to develop a quarterback of the future? And all those questions are going to remain, and we will continue to, to dissect those things. But I just want to say, Mike Zimmer, in a year where the Vikings drafted 15 rookies, in a game in which they played, at one point, I think seven rookies on out of the 11 players on the field for one of the snaps, seven of them were rookies. Mike Zimmer did a wonderful job against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he has put together, I think, uh, that game against the Packers, probably one of his best game plans in the seven years as Vikings head coach. And my Mike Zimmer appreciation take for you is that we don't spend enough time talking about the luxury that other coaches have in this league of a steady, reliable, top 10 quarterback, a guy that you can just count on when the game is close in the fourth quarter to give you a shot more often than not to win a game. Mike Tomlin with Ben Roethlisberger, Pete Carroll with Russell Wilson, Bill Belichick with Tom Brady, right? I think my take here is if Mike Zimmer at any point during this seven-year stretch had multiple years of reliable top six, top seven quarterback play combined with his defensive chess mastery, being able to put together game plans, I think the Vikings would have a Super Bowl right now. Mm. So that, that, that doesn't mean they should sign into a lifetime extension. doesn't mean that the league isn't changing. But I think if, like, if you were to say, listen, Mike, we're going to go back in time. And instead of messing around with rookie Teddy Bridgewater, and then he gets hurt, and then Sam Bradford for a year, and then Case Keenum for a minute, and then Kirk Cousins, you're going to get Ben Roethlisberger for seven years. You're going to get Russell Wilson for seven years. I think the Vikings would have a Super Bowl. Your thoughts? Russell Wilson, I would say yes. Roethlisberger, I don't know for sure. It would. I think they would have been to one for sure. Um, yeah, I could see that. I, like If you go back to 2017... 13 and 3, right? And you put a quarterback and Keenum was was fun. I mean, he was fantastic. But if you put a quarterback like Wilson on that team, because what does Russell not do in the conference title game? Freak out and against panic. Philly. Throw he doesn't throw that pass yeah. across the field that I think got tipped initially, gets returned for a touchdown. And, and at that point in time, the Vikings had a touchdown lead in that game and it completely changed the ebb and flow of that game. Completely altered it towards uh Philly and they then and they then kicked the Vikings butt from there on out. You're also not screwed when you fall down by two touchdowns. If they, yes, if they had drafted Russell Wilson, I think you are probably right. Now, now here's my question back though: If the Teddy experiment, which was tracking pretty well, if the Teddy experiment had worked, w- would he have a Super Bowl? Because the only quarterback, I, I think, when Mike does get fired, the only quarterback that should be put in the story about his tenure here as a guy that he, if he didn't select him, certainly loved him was Teddy. So if Teddy works and the leg never goes and and in 17, instead of Keenum, that is Teddy in what by then his third or fourth year, third year. Uh, So Teddy's third year would, uh, his fourth year would have been the Keenum year. Okay. So, so if in year four, that is Teddy, do they go to and potentially win a championship? Because I do believe that that was Mike's grand plan. So I think I think most people are going to hone in on that one game, right? The NFC Championship game is the game in question, and the blame, rightfully so, goes to the defense for giving up what thirty-eight points. I think 
to Nick Foles and company. Yeah, I'd have it was to like look. thirty-five it was, or thirty-eight. It was awful. It was like a thirty-eight to seven final or just something ridiculous, right? Yep. yep. And so, yes, the defense, the defense was the biggest problem in that game, but the offense also completely shut down after the mistake. So they scored the first touchdown. I believe the Vikes went up seven nothing in that game, and then Case Keenum, with the Vikings driving for a chance to go up ten nothing or fourteen nothing, throws just a terrible interception, and you could almost just feel the sideline, and you could feel the coaches just tighten up and go, oh, that's the mistake that we were sort of waiting for Case to make yep. all season. If you had an established, even like a Matt Ryan, just like an established, just competent, you know, widely regarded top quarterback that people have confidence in, um, I think that game might play out differently. But I also look at some of the other seasons. I mean, 2015, the Vikings took a big step forward defensively. Um, even with Teddy, they had the Seahawks beat in that game if Blair Walsh doesn't miss a field goal. But imagine like if you were to take what they had built defensively in 2015 in Mike Zimmer's second year, and Teddy was steady, he was fine. Yeah. If you were to replace him with, again, Ben, with uh, Russell Wilson, with Tom Brady, et cetera, like just name, we, we throw these names out and it's almost laughable. Like, oh, fuck, I mean, you're, you're, but you're throwing out some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if, at some point, the Vikings had that, and that's my argument: is that right. we we judge these coaches, and Mike Zimmer is is exhibit is exhibit A. We judge them, and Rex Ryan could also maybe be in this bin too, because like those Jets teams he coached and the Bills. Like, mm-hmm. what if what if a good defensive minded coach were given and Bill Belichick? Like Bill Belichick is a defensive genius. That's how mm-hmm. he got his start uh, with the Giants in the nineteen eighties. And, oh, here's the greatest quarterback of all time to combine with your defensive leadership and prowess. Who you found, yeah. Boom, dynasty. Yep. Right? Yeah. And um, I just think it should be more considered. And and I would look at, in order, I would say the 2017 season and that game, uh, the gateway to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I would even look at, I would look at 2016. Like, Sam Bradford was okay. Like, he had a really good season. But, he, but like, he wasn't, he wasn't on the level of some of these guys I'm talking about. Um, and that second year, that eleven and five season, what if they had an actual dude at quarterback that wasn't just a young learning rookie game manager? Would they have had a Super Bowl? Two thousand sixteen, though, I fault Mike for as well because they they got off to that great start. What six and all, I, I believe? Or, yeah, and then Mike's the one that sort of freaked out. And like coaching wise, I, I think that's probably one of Mike's worst jobs with a good team because the whole thing of before the bye week trying to basically say fat cats die and then you the play one, animal thing. Yeah. And then you play <laughs> one bad game, like one bad game, you're five and one and you freak out. What are you doing? Like that made no sense, but I do believe that I would, I would love to go back and just see what the Teddy Mike with a good defense experiment is Be, because that takes him through his entire First contract, which, by the way, was dirt cheap, right? And if you do that, I, I think among grand plans, that was how, when Mike got the job and they drafted Teddy with the last pick of the first round that I think they got in a trade from Seattle, I do think that Mike said, this is my guy. And it also, might have worked. Also, look at look at the quarterbacks who have represented the NFC the last five years. Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. Now, Newton and Ryan won MVPs their their respective seasons. They took their teams to the Super Bowl. But when we look at those quarterbacks right now, are any of those guys, any of those guys top 10 quarterbacks? Like Matt, they're they're borderline. Matt Ryan may be top 10, right? So it's not to to diminish that, oh, would 
would Russell Wilson or Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers give Mike Zimmer and the Vikings a better Super Bowl chance? Of course, no duh. Mm-hmm. But it is fascinating when you look, and even if you continue going down the decade, the mediocre quarterbacks that have gotten there with better infrastructure and, and good circumstance in a weak league, it, it, it's fascinating. It's truly fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, I even like the first couple of years of the of the Kirk Cousins Vikings where they've been 8-7-1, and 10-6, and that includes a quarterback that never, never outside of the big throw against the Saints, and he deserves that credit. Yes. But like, yes. he doesn't give you two or three extra games in the regular season. Where guys, I'm going to bail you out here. Like, you wonder why? Well, how do the Seahawks sometimes with with no defense and no offensive line? How do they win eleven or twelve games? Right. Well, it's because their quarterback like single handedly gets you three of them mm-hmm. by doing what he did against the Vikings a few weeks ago on national TV. Mm-hmm. And so to so these last few years, think about eight, seven, and one, ten and six, and then obviously this year's been kind of a clunker. But um, but they're a, they're above five hundred in the Kirk Cousins era without a quarterback that gets you those extra two, three, four wins in the fourth quarter because he doesn't complete fourth quarter comebacks. So I am anti um, coaches being the G- GM as well. Okay, so to be clear, I don't advocate for that. But how prophetic was Mike? With the clip that you played, I think it was on last week's Purple Daily, Phil, where Mike basically came out at the combine before Cousins was signed, yeah, and made it very clear that I don't, I don't want to take away from what we and particularly I, in Mike's case, do really well by overpaying a quarterback and crippling ourselves from a cap standpoint. How prophetic was that? Because to me, it has proven to be absolutely true. Like, they are so compromised now. They can't just go out and sign guys. Like, they can't go get, let's go get a guard. No, you can't. Let's go get a corner. No, you can't. So how much do we almost have to go back to that quote from Zim at the time and say, you know, clearly Rick had his own agenda and ideas, and then Rick got his QB. But that QB so took away from what Mike could do well, it almost put them at opposite ends of the spectrum as far as how to build what Mike saw as being the team he was trying uh, to build. Yeah. Do you think, you know, based on what he said, which is like you summed it up, I mean, it's it's him saying, let's not spend a ton of money on something that's not going to allow us to keep doing the things that we're good at, which are, def- you know, defense, you know, run the ball, offensive line is something. Uh, if you could go back and say, all right, Mike, you can, or even if you asked him now, like, sure, you can either pay Kirk Cousins. $33 million a year, or you can have a rookie quarterback that isn't Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So like kind of an experimental rookie quarterback with some tools that makes a lot less money. So it frees you up to go get a couple more tools defensively. If you want to get another linebacker, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would, even though both of those quarterback options are going to be a pain in the ass for him because he, I think he gets exasperated by Kirk and I think he would for sure get exasperated by a rookie quarterback. Um, I think he would choose the rookie quarterback. I really do. I think he would choose door number two without even knowing really what's behind door number two. I think you are one million percent correct. And here, so, but he, okay, so here's the here's the curveball to the entire discussion. I think you're correct based largely on this wind or not on Sunday in Green Bay. That was as a head coach. Mike Zimmer's ideal offensive game plan. And and I think there's a ton of folks who will say it's ridiculous. You can't just run, run, run. But his philosophy, like it or not, 
is simple. Remove the quarterback as much as possible from losing the game for you. How do you do that? You run a ton. You don't throw a ton. You eat up clock. And and what was what was one key to Sunday, second half especially? His defense, which he knows is not great, and he's basically trying to make up schemes, right? His defense didn't have to spend nearly as much time on the field as if they had thrown the ball and it was incompletions, and now it's three and out. So I think, Phil, that your point is right, that he would take door two without knowing the identity of the person behind door two based on the fact that he would just tell the guy from behind door two, hand the ball off to Dalvin and get out of the way. But you know what? I think... I think that wire, I, I agree. I think like his wiring from the get go with, that's why he loved Teddy so much. Cause, yeah. cause training wheels, Teddy, like Teddy's taking more risks now. And t- you know, Teddy can, he's putting up you know, numbers now and stuff, but, but like training wheels, Teddy in the first couple of years was perfect for Mike because Teddy wasn't going to flush a game down the toilet for you. Mm-hmm. He was going to, he was going to, he had more throwaways, I think in his second year than any quarterback in the league. Like, He'd roll out to the right and throw it out of bounds by 10 yards. And Mike Zimmer's over there like, boy, That's right. Punt to win, baby. Let's let's just be conservative. And I, two, so two things on that. Number one, I think if, if he were to have been given an actual, like, needle-moving stud quarterback, and I keep going back, we'll say Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes, whoever that is, um, I think he would feel differently, obviously. He would say, all right, Ross, you, you go. We're going we're gonna to let you cook. Go do your thing. You see Mike saying that? So my, my, my defense is going to be great, but like sure. we're going to let you go do your thing too. <clears throat> but if you look at, and this is the second thing off your point, if you look at his history, the teams he's been a coach at, Dallas in the early 2000s, Atlanta for a minute in 2007, and then Cincinnati and then into Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He has been stricken with quarterback trauma. Like his his first year in Dallas as a coordinator in 2000, he had uh, he had Troy Aikman in his last year. So like broken down old Troy Aikman, sure. very limited Troy Aikman, and then he had sort of broken down old Drew Bledsoe and they bounced around to different quarterbacks. That that period of Dallas Cowboys football was like a who's who of random dudes in the early 2000s. All right, then he then he goes to to Atlanta. And he has Joey Harrington is the starting quarterback in Atlanta. Yeah, he started here. In 2007. Opening day, yes. Okay, then he gets to the Bengals. And and before the Bengals get Andy Dalton in the draft in like 2011 or whatever year that was, which also Andy Dalton, a limited guy, like he could throw for some yards, but Andy Dalton, very Kirk Cousins-like in that way. Mm-hmm. He had guys like, let me see here, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a starting quarterback in Cincinnati Yeah, for... 12 games in 2008, which was Mike, Mike Zimmer's first year as defensive coordinator there. Uh, they had broken down like post-surgery Carson Palmer. So my point is for 20 years, mm-hmm. for 20 years, Mike Zimmer as the, the defensive overlord of all these teams, Dallas into Atlanta, Cincinnati, Minnesota. And mm-hmm. obviously he's the coach too of Minnesota, but um, he's never really had the top five quarterback. And so he has been mentally wired to treat quarterbacks in the don't screw it up way, right? So I'm just, I would be so curious to see if it was flipped around. You get to do all your defensive things and you can lean on this guy to bail you out in the fourth quarter if needed. I think you'd have a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think there, there's a good chance. Um, but I just find him, I, I find him to be an interesting case based on the fact that he is definitely a coach who so believes in what he does defensively that he basically wants the offense to do its job and then just be done with it so that my 
defense can play. But he doesn't want his defense on the field too much because he, he knows if you do that, especially with the current Vikings defense, it's pressing his luck. Yeah. All right, this is kind of a good segue, actually, into our nerd football segment of the week every Tuesday. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! Where we throw out various statistics and nuggets and trends from the week that was or from the season to this point. And uh, before we dive in, a, a cheap plug, Vikings Ventline. Uh, we had great numbers again and great interaction on that show on our YouTube channel on Sunday. Right after every Vikings game finishes up, we are pulling Vikings fans into the video with us, getting your takes and your thoughts on the game. And you can email, well, two things. You can find it, podcast form, on the Purple Daily podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, com, and on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. Uh, and if you would like to be part of the show, you can email. Declan's been sifting through emails the entire season. VikingsVentline at gmail.com to get in on the show every single week. Let's start with this one. Dalvin Cook. Get those nerds! 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 Pretty good season. Pretty good season yeah. for Dalvin Cook. Yep. Here's some statistics. He is second in the NFL in rushing yards behind only Derrick Henry. He has 652 rushing yards through six games. Games played for for uh, seven. Henry's okay. played seven games. Henry's seven. Okay. Um, the the guys in the third and fourth spots have played eight games. Okay. So he's so he's, he's ahead of guys who played two, two more games. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He's first in yards per carry among running backs with at least 100 carries this year. 5.3 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. He's first in rushing touchdowns with 10. 10 wow. rushing touchdowns in six games. Wow. It's ridiculous. Wow. He's third in yards from scrimmage behind only Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. He has 779 yards from scrimmage. He's first in the NFL in tackles avoided per pro football focus. Oh, a, so, so, not after tackles. Con- so not after contact, it's actually avoiding tackles altogether? It's tackles that probably should have been made. So I guess you could say this is their version of okay. a missed tackle. So the Packers that. suck. <laughs> well, the Packers defense, yes. yes. Uh, and others. That, well, but it's a lot of it's he's like one of the most elusive running backs in the shifty. NFL. He's shifty. Yeah. I get it. And then uh, also per pro football focus, Dalvin Cook is first in breakaway runs, and those are classified as 15-yard runs or more. He has the most breakaway runs of any running back in the NFL, even though his long is only 39 yards. So a lot of just like wow. big chunk runs. Also worth noting, though, he has 14 catches only on the receiving end, 14 catches in six games. So there's there's your Dalvin Cook statistical That's snapshot. That's pretty damn impressive. Would you like to Stay see more healthy, than 14 baby. catches in six games, though? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see it be more like 22 or so. Yeah. How about like three or four a game? Is that too yeah. much to ask for? But, but No, I don't think it is. But again, the problem now is that requires the your quarterback to throw the football, and we have decided that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Even before this, though, I mean, Kirk was... Oh, you could dump it off to him easily, yes. Wasn't finding Dalvin. In all seriousness, yes, he probably should have more. How about this Justin Jefferson statistic here? Get those nerds! 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 Pro Football Focus has a number called yards per route run. So it's basically how impactful are you as a receiver... Per snap, essentially, per per pass play, right? Justin Jefferson is the number one wide receiver in the NFL yards per route run. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins are two, three, and four. How's that for a list? Those are three, I would say Julio Jones may be a Hall of Famer. DeAndre Hopkins may be a Hall of Famer. Devontae Adams is just sort of emerging into his prime years. And Justin Jefferson sits on top of that list yards per route run. The one thing, gentlemen, that I never thought I would say 
um, going into the start of this season is this one. And I believe it to be true. The Vikings don't miss Stefan Diggs at all. It's crazy, but it's, like, it's, it's I, true. That sounds so stupid to say because they're not that good, right? And so you'd say, oh, yeah, but I don't think there's a but. I mean, could you imagine a world where if you throw it back to the late 1990s, is there a world where they don't trade Stefan Diggs and they draft Justin Jefferson and now you've got your three deep again? Does Thielen willingly do what Jake Reed did? Because that's what would happen, right? But I mean, Jake Reed was really good about that, I think. Like you would literally need him to say, I don't mind basically being the third guy. And part of it was was natural football selection and that Jake Reed suffered a back injury in nineteen ninety eight and yes. just sort of like, oh, we'll just he's gonna be sidelined for six games and then nature ran its course and Randy Moss became right. the number one guy. But you're right. It, it's crazy to think, but of all the problems on this team, missing Stefan Diggs, I would say you miss his leadership yeah, more sure. than you miss him on the field because yeah. Justin Jefferson's been so good. Yes. And that's and that is why the the only uh, bad thing to me about what took place on Sunday is Jefferson getting four targets in that entire game is just not enough because I want to see him get more. He's too he's too fun to watch to be like, hey, here's three catches for twenty seven yards, kid. Yeah, that's really good. No, yeah, he's uh, he's a good football player. Get those nerds, nerds, nerds. All right, offensive line, the Vikings offensive line. This gonna be good. They yep. allowed two pressures only on Kirk Cousins, and, and neither of those two pressures were attributed to individual players. There was the one where they just had, like, too many rushers for, I think, C.J. Ham stepped up and took a linebacker, yeah. and then a corner came in, and Kirk got smoked. Yes. So uh, so they, they, they did have, the Packers had only two pressures in that game yes. on Kirk Cousins on the 15 dropbacks, 14 pass attempts, one sack. But none of Kirk Cousins' throws traveled more than ten yards in the air. So some of it. So the offensive line did a great job. They did a great job run blocking first and foremost on the pass protection. They also did a good job, but I think scheme and lack of attempts probably insulated Kirk Cousins more than anything else. And I'm not saying that the Vikings are not going to get to a point in time, and it might be against Detroit. I don't know. They're going to get to a point where they fall down significantly and have to pass, but. How emboldened is Zim right now to believe that his his football offensive stew works? Like everything that he wants to do, help them win. Because Cousins wasn't going to get pressure because you didn't ask him to pass. This month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, and 90 calories and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, it's just not like it's it's their ideal formula. Yes. But it's not a formula you can just replicate every week. But I'm just saying, if you're Zim, if you are Zim, you are going to put that film in and say, well, boys, I've been telling you this for a few years, but watch this again. Yeah. And you're right, Phil. But I'm just saying it is it, it it's the formula that he loves. And on Sunday, it worked perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's the get Dalvin Cook going, get feeling good about your run game, go downhill, and, and they then, can run block. That offensive line can run block. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't consider them uh, 
the road graders of like the 2012 Vikings, but they're better at run blocking yes. than, uh, than pass blocking I, for the most part. I don't think they're a liability when it comes to blocking for the run. I think if you tell Kirk, we're going to have to air this thing out 50 times, they become a, that offensive line becomes a problem. Actually, th- we should add this uh, statistic when it comes to pass and run blocking. So uh, among all 32 NFL teams this season, pass blocking, the Vikings rank 28th. And that includes this last game against the Packers. Okay. And run blocking, they rank 19th. So they're sort of a middle of the pack right. run blocking team, but better than. So that matches up with the eye test for sure. Yes. Yes. And then this final one for you guys. Get those nerds! 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 The Vikings are two and five. I was curious. Have they ever made the playoffs at two and five? The answer is no. <laughs> Here are their two and five starts. Now they've they've come pretty close a couple of times. Yeah, two thousand. So, yep. So they nineteen sixty two. They uh, they just sort of lost the rest of their games. They finished uh, they finished two eleven and one. I believe tough year, tough year for the boys. Nineteen sixty three. They finished five eight and one. Okay. Um, let's see here. Was the two thousand five team with Ticey two and five? Yeah, eighty four. They were three and thirteen. Yeah. O two they went six and ten. O five they went nine and seven. With Brad Cook coming off the bench to replace Dante after Dante got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then they fired Mike Tice in the locker room after that season was over. <laughs> yes, poor kid got the press release first. O seven they went eight and eight. And then they jumped they then they traded for Jared Allen That's the next right. season. That's right. Two thousand ten they fought back to six and ten. Two thousand fourteen they fought back to seven and nine. That was Mike Zimmer's first year as head coach here. And then this year, the story remains to be seen. So what would you guys, if you had to right now, knowing what you saw against the Packers, if you had to, we won't pick the whole schedule here again, but if you had to to guess as to what their record's going to be, what would you say? Dex, you want to go ahead? I'd probably say 6-10. and 10. I, I, I really, truly still think it's probably 6-10. and 10. There's probably four more wins on the schedule. I obviously think they, they should beat the Jaguars. I think they'll beat the Lions at least once. Lions are a little bit better than I think we all thought they were. Um, they'll beat the Bears at least once. But you still got the Buccaneers, the Saints on the schedule. It's it's still gonna be tough, I think, to get to five hundred. I, I their their record will be better than what we thought it was gonna be when they were first, obviously one and four or one and five going to the Packers game. But I would say six and ten. I think Declan's right. And can, can I, I give you my ideal how this unfolds? My ideal is this: six and ten, but they become more competitive and look good. And yeah. Zim and Zim coaches his ass off, and it's fantastic. And he goes to Dallas because Jerry says he can win down here. Zim's going to bring his defense down here. It's going to be fantastic, okay? The other portion is Kirk actually starts to – Kirk. they so make up for Kirk's deficiencies that Kirk starts to consistently look pretty good. Jimmy G's out in San Francisco. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's over, okay? It's over. I think you have to make that call post today. Oh, I do too. But what I'm saying is let's say Kirk starts to get – Sort of hot for Kirk. I mean, just starts to look good. Yeah. Respectable for sure. Kirk Cousins fulfills really what God wants, which is for him to be Kyle Shanahan's quarterback. <laughs> That's what the good Lord wants. And Zim's in Dallas, Kirk's in San Fran, and and the Vikings get to hit a reset button, which is probably, it might be about time, and you build something up. I like where you're going with this. I actually have... A best case scenario in all facets over okay. the next six months that I want to unveil later this week on Purple Daily. Okay, like, like if you could script out the perfect 
And again, with the mission statement, win a Super Bowl, yes. right? Yes. And it involves yeah. at least one of the things that you just mentioned for sure. I also think that at some point in time this week on this show, we need to do a dive into, instead of just discussing it, because I think it's plausible, but it's going to be somewhat difficult getting Kirk to San Fran. The salary cap going down is going to be a major problem, okay? But I yeah, honestly, it's going to come down like twenty five million for every team. But I honestly believe yeah. now that Jimmy G is done there, and that Kyle is tired of building an offense for his his QB, and that he sees Kirk as being the ideal fit for what Kyle wants to do. I think that there is a path to get Kirk realistically to San Fran, and I'd like to. Like I'd it. like. I'd like to be the first to actually do this instead of just yeah. like being uh, smart asses about it to really get him there and to see if it's plausible. Speculation. I think it is. I think it's funny to talk about, but the more I think about this, I think the nail is in the Garoppolo coffin. (laughs) Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? I think I think they finished five and eleven. I think this game against the Packers was a flip. I just uh, I know they got some winnable games on their schedule. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost to the Lions this weekend. And so if they were to finish five and eleven, last year the Miami Dolphins picked fifth overall and they were five and eleven. I believe they picked fifth overall, but the the fifth worst record was five and eleven. Okay, uh, six and ten. One, two, three, four would have you as the ninth worst record in the NFL and the tenth worst record. That's what the Jaguars and Browns were. Last I want to be top ten for picking. Well, six and ten is pretty safe. I want to be safe. top ten. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Uh, be sure to give us, if you could, it would help us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, and click that subscribe button on YouTube.com/slash Purple Daily Podcast. And we will see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>